Hello, friends. Welcome back to the Distracted Driving Podcast. It is episode 50, A Well-Rounded Student is More Valuable. This is part two of my conversation with my very longtime friend, Corey Rasmussen. In the previous episode, if you didn't catch it, Corey and I discussed our paths to becoming engineers and then our, sub- <laughs> and then our subsequent paths out of corporate life and into starting our own businesses. Uh, That led us into discussing a topic that has become a recurring theme on the show, education, and particularly higher education. So that's where we are going to pick up the conversation today. I chose the title of this episode uh, because it's not only something Corey says in the course of our conversation, but it really connects the first half of this episode to the last half. Our education conversation leads into some references uh, to our own GPAs and what that number does or does not mean. Uh, But then we segue into a bit of an infomercial for Lead Out Loud workshops. I apologize if it's uh, a little too infomercial-y. But it it comes up because Lead Out Loud, as you hopefully know, is the new company I created to help engineers and other technical people be confident, effective leaders. Uh, Engineers that can also lead are more well-rounded, and it was Corey's goal to be more well-rounded when he enrolled in a Lead Out Loud workshop. So we'll end this episode talking a bit about his experience in the workshop and the importance of knowing your limits. It's all part of why a well-rounded student is more valuable, and it's coming up right now. You you talked about... uh, so the education doesn't bestow character. Uh, I, I would argue that, first of all, the, um, the benefit of, of education, and I'll speak for myself, um, when I was in college the first time, I, I, I learned how to learn. I feel like I didn't do that when I was in grade school. I, I went through grade school when you and I were in, in school and, and even through high school, I was there to get the A, and I, I got pretty good at knowing how to get the A. But as I look back, uh, was what was I learning? Was I was I actively learning new information? Yeah, yeah, I was. But it was different than when I got to college and I experienced some failures, and I had to adapt and adjust and figure out, okay, wait a minute, how is this game played? Right, and it was a different. Game. And, and, and then it shifted. Right, it shifted, and and I was able to figure out. Okay, I'm learning how to learn, and I think that was the value there. And going back now to what you said about character, um, for for me, my expectation was okay, do a good job, and maybe not climb the corporate ladder, but be rewarded for doing the good job. And that was not the case. Certainly not universally. Maybe occasionally. Uh, it, it was people that were just trying to climb the corporate ladder, and they didn't care. They, I did not see character rewarded. True, often. Um, and so maybe is is that where things changed? I mean, you mentioned the internet has come in; people can go to YouTube University now. So, right. so is that where the change came in? Uh, I, I think so. I think that just opened a lot of doors that. You know, people probably intentionally closed. You know, big universities don't want to let, you know, their their curriculums out, you know, so that they keep people coming to their, you know, their, their university and paying money. 
And, you know, you and I can go take the class and then make a YouTube video about it. And it's the same. I mean, it doesn't get you a degree at the end, but. Right. And I, I, I hear a lot now, especially from uh, young people, they're like, yeah, my teacher will be talking about something and then I'll just go to look it up on YouTube and then they'll, uh, somebody's there explaining it better than they ever could. Teacher, that is. Well, and, and we, we had this conversation with a, a prior guest. Uh, it, it brings you back now to then, well, so what are the universities selling? What is the value proposition there? In, in this, in 2023, with, with the internet, with YouTube, with all of this, this knowledge, access to knowledge, what is the value proposition for going to a four-year four university? Right. Particularly if you're going and studying something that is not in a regulated uh, industry. Sure. And I think that's a question that uh, universities have lost sight of because they, they should have a purpose of, of what, what is the education for? Because that, you know, they're selling a product. Now, granted, there's government rules and stuff that makes it easier for them to sell their product than uh, a lot of other things. Uh, but I think they've lost sight of that. I really do. Uh, if you think about it from a practical standpoint, what is an employer looking for? They're looking for the, I guess, weeding out of bad clients or bad prospective uh, uh, employees, right? So uh, if I have an engineering degree, it means I put up with enough math and physics and chemistry and whatever else yeah. and really determined that I wanted to be an engineer. And if you say that all of a sudden, you know, every fifth, there, you know, four to five employees just aren't cutting it. You know, where do I find a better, an, uh, where do I find a better engineer? Well, so, I, and I think, I, I think what, what it's come down, comes down to is it's rigor. The, the degree is an indicator for some reason that that is the, the indicator that we've chosen to use as a show of, of rigor. Hey, here's a person who can go and, and if I'm being cynical about it, can go and jump through hoops and take orders and do what they're told. Right. Um, if I'm being less cynical about it, you know, okay, well, here's a person who was able to make it through these tough courses and, um, all right, they're going to be more robust than somebody else. I know people who went to law school that now practice law that tell me, yeah, my day-to-day -day job, I didn't learn anything about how to do my day-to-day -day job in law school. Right. Everything I'm doing now, I learned, you know, from my the, the partners I'm working with, or from the district attorney's office, or wherever it is. And I think that's, I mean, I, I don't know. What was your experience in uh, uh, your degrees in mechanical engineering? Right. Um, so that I would expect that that's a little bit different, but maybe not. So yeah, I, the vast majority of what I took in college really didn't translate over directly or that you know I had the fundamentals but like there was you know that was five percent of you know what I needed to build on and that just took a lot of time and effort and uh had to build that I'll tell you one of the big secrets for me getting through college because I'm I'm very smart when I can apply it if we're just learning theory or whatever I, I I'm not good at that and I would always ask, and almost to a, like, they would piss me at, or I'd piss them off is, uh, you know, I'd be like, hey, when will I ever use this? Like, what, what's an application where I, 
I can physically use this. And a lot of things were, were obvious, but you know, when you get into more of the theoretical stuff, uh, it's not as obvious. And one of the uh, classes I had to take was uh, partial differential equations, which was the worst class I think I took in college. It's an advanced math class. And one thing, and hold on, wait. When you say worst, as in that was the worst grade you got, or that was just the worst time you had, or you worked all the hardest. What what does worst mean? Uh, in this game? It was it was probably the hardest class I had. I really didn't understand most of it. I got a fifty eight on the midterm, and that was fifty percent of the grade. So okay. you can see where gotcha. this is going. <laughs> so it was not a good time. It was not a great time. Uh, anyway, so halfway through the course he starts talking about something called Hilbert space. And I do, you know, the same thing I always do. Hey, I raise my hand. He calls on me and I said, Hey, when would I ever use this? And he stops the entire lecture and he goes, this, uh -oh. this may be the best question anybody has ever asked me. I'm like, Oh crap. Uh... And, he, and he looks at me and he goes, we have no uses for this. <laughs> and I was there going, Oh my gosh, what, what the heck? And he tells me that uh, when, we, when we do have an application, we'll have the math already to explain how it works. And he was so excited about that. I'm like, I, I guess that's cool. But, you know, it's just weird that, you know, that, that we come to that where we have math. We have the ability to explain our universe without an application yet. I, I feel like this is... That that's something that that uh, that Sheldon and the gang from the Big Bang Theory would get excited about, you know the the theoretical physicists that there's there's no application but boy look at how much we understand right we think, um and and so you said something a minute ago too uh, where you kind of indicated like what are the companies buying, what a company you know. The universities are are creating a product. It's uh, theoretically, it's an educated student, right? And so, what are the universities buying? And that's the question we ask all the time uh, on the industry advisory board that I'm a member of, um, where we're trying to advise the department on, hey, here's here's what you need to be um, adding to the curriculum. Here's what the students need to be doing in order to make sure that they are marketable. To, to companies. That's that's supposed to be the whole purpose. Absolutely. And one of my favorite jobs that I've I, I did have when I was uh, working in in corporate large corporations was working with interns, because that was when to bring this full circle back to what you said with the mentored engineer. You know that was an opportunity for me to both impart uh, some wisdom about maybe some of the mistakes I made to young and and up and coming engineers. But but also to make sure that they were gaining practical experience that was going to make them more valuable to whatever organization that they went into, as opposed to just knowing that they've got the math all sorted out for this hypothetical question that might come up one day. Right. Yeah, I always had a joke where I wouldn't hire anybody with more than a 3.5 GPA because they were too educated to do anything. And you know, there again, I've got I've got friends and colleagues that uh, GPA was ever they wouldn't hire somebody with lower than a three point five. And I always said the same thing. I'm like, I don't even care what the GPA is. Right. Uh, so kind of for the same two guys with lower than three point five GPAs, right? Well, you know what? I will say this. Um, it's no secret that I damn near uh, had to leave the 
California State University because I was contractually obligated to do so if I didn't get my grades up. Um, so I did not do well in my original course of study. But after I changed my major um, to something that, that resonated more with me, my, my major GPA, actually it might not have been 3.5, I take that back. I think it, 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 was, it was close. It was close. My overall GPA was not. I, I had four years of, of very poor grades that just dragged that, that thing down. Um, but I think the overarching point is that a well-rounded student is more valuable than uh, somebody who all they know how to do is go and be a student, which is why when I was hiring people, I'd see somebody with a PhD, and I'm like, they're not going to be a good fit for us. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you there. All right. Um, well, so you, um, you, you are. You said you didn't want to go into to a uh, a corporate leadership position, but I know that you are trying to improve some of your leadership skills and abilities because I've I've seen you lurking about. Oh, uh, a, are you a workshop talk about the here. lead out loud thing that that some guy I know, Sean Genevieve Enterprises. You ever heard of that guy? What a what a great segue. Yes, I have heard of that guy. I know. I mean, he's he's putting on this course. It's it's three weeks, one hour each week, and man, you get together with a bunch of other people and you get to make fun of Sean. You could say you're dead to him. He's dead to you. <laughs> Uh, and hold on, Corey. We have to pause there for a word from our sponsors. This podcast is brought to you in part by Lead Out Loud, workshops that combine improv comedy with agile and leadership principles to allow you to engage in messy learning, which is really the ability to practice without consequences. Lead Out Loud workshops. Learn more at lolworkshop.com. Highly recommended. Uh, seriously, though, so how how uh, you get, give it to me straight? How, how's it been going? Is it is it what you expected? Uh, it is it is great. Uh, so I really didn't have many expectations. You know, kind of I, I wanted to support you in this endeavor, Sean. Plus, you know, I should learn how to lead or something. Uh, but yeah, I've started hiring uh, some people to help me. Uh, with my business, uh, I've got a, a virtual assistant, I've got a webmaster now, and I really wanted to make sure that I'm showing them, like, not only my way to do it, but showing them, showing them how to do it in, in a very clear way. Uh, one of the things that I, 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 I use humor, I don't know if you noticed that, Sean. Uh, yes, very, it's very dry sometimes. So, sometimes. But uh, apparently humor and like telling people what to do, it's a, it's a really uh, risky uh, proposition and you probably aren't going to get the results you want. So I've, I've had to tone that back and, and, and uh, not use the humor uh, while giving instructions and, and leading people because it really does send mixed messages. Well, I, I think it does matter the the mode of communication too. You know, when you're in person and you have so you know, we talked about body language, that was one of the the modules that we went through. Um the body language is different. It comes across differently when you're in person versus on the phone or on a, right. on a video meeting. And we should we should clarify for people too, by the way, you keep saying you have a virtual assistant. But most people I'm telling you, nope, are going to be a virtual assistant with an AI 
bot. No, this is a real physical being, human. You you have a remote assistant. Yeah, virtual. <laughs> she works virtually. No, wait, that could be misinterpreted too. Um, it's a virtual assistant. Look it up. Well, I can tell you that uh, I think you're going to enjoy and hopefully gain value out of the third and final uh, lesson uh, on Tuesday because we're going to talk about leading with intent and uh, and it, it, it just fits right into what you said. You know, you want to not just tell them your way of doing something, but help people understand what needs to get done. Right. Especially since what I've asked them to do isn't something I'm an expert in. In fact, it's more important in those cases to recognize right. the, uh, the, the edges of your own sphere of knowledge. Spheres don't have edges. Exactly. Well, that's episode 50. Thank you so much for listening or watching. Uh, please, if you don't mind, I would love it if you could rate the show on your podcasting platform of choice. Head over to distracteddrivingpodcast.com and leave a comment on the episode. If you have some feedback, you can also reach me on LinkedIn. You can find Corey there as well. Episode 51 is uh, going to be next, obviously, because I may not know how spheres work, but I do know how counting works. And uh, this will be an opportunity that Corey takes... <laughs> to steal my podcast from me and um, turn me into the guest. So guest host next week will be Corey, and the guest guest will be Sean. So if you wanted to know more about me or what I do, episode 51 is your chance to find out. We'll see you there.